What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drunk Turkey Show. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me, as always, are my two buddies, Jaime and Big Blue. Jaime, how, how you doing? How was your weekend, my man? Hot. I'm good, <laughs> but it was hot. Did you do any fishing? No, I might go tomorrow, man, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I was, thinking, I was talking to my dad about it. We might go tomorrow. But I was saying, he wants to go in the afternoon, and, you know, the 107 degree weather in the afternoon is pretty brutal, so we'll probably go in the in the morning, more likely. Yeah, I was gonna say if you go in the afternoon, it has to be super late, like seven thirty-eight. Yeah, because I, I was at the Burning Lake during the day, like one to one to four this Saturday, man, and everybody got sunburned. It, it was hot, but it was still fun though. <laughs> the water was cold, but yeah, yeah. So that's 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 the plans for tomorrow, man. How about y'all? How y'all doing? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. We didn't. We had a couple of water balloon fights out here, man. It was pretty fun. Yeah, you know, had um, you know my my middle daughter here, and and then we also had uh, my wife's uh, nieces came over from out of state, and so we um, bombarded them with water balloons un, un, unexpectedly, bombarded them with water balloons. So that was nice. a whole lot of fun. Um, it, it was a way to beat the heat, man, because it, it was it, it sure has been pretty warm out here, man. That was uh, for sure. And it doesn't look like there is a, um, you know, end in sight. Not not out here in Texas, that is. Yeah, and probably in November. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. That's probably right. Yeah, I was telling my brother, he's like, yeah, it's, it's supposed to calm down next week. I said, only for a few days, but August is the hottest month of the year, so I'll see how August hits us. July too, but we'll see how many hundreds we hit. So this uh, today, what we're going to be talking about. <clears throat> well, before we get into it, I would like you guys to hit the hit the thumbs up button real quick. Let's get this going. Let's get the algorithm going. There's a good chance just because of the amount of times that we're going to have to say uh, murder and serial killer in this video that this is going to be limited and not put out there in the whole nine yards. So let's get the algorithm going. If you guys wouldn't mind hitting that like button, sharing this content, uh, but. <clears throat> Without further ado, there was a uh, an arrest in the uh, Long Island uh, serial killer guy that or a person that's been um, this has been an unsolved murders for oh shooting back what to since two thousand yeah I believe it was two thousand two thousand three yeah. that was when where it first happened yeah long time long time. Uh, you know, I, I knew a little bit about this case prior to this. I wasn't completely familiar with the ins and the outs of it. Uh, but as information came out about this case, it is uh, it's quite disturbing. Needless to say, needless to say, um, were you guys and we'll start off with you, Big Blue. Were you guys, were you aware of this, um, per, you know, serial killer being on the loose? I mean, I remember vaguely the story of, uh, you know, the bodies they found on the beach. And that was a long time ago until I, we had to research it. And I was like, okay, now I know which one it was. But I was aware of it. But, you know, back then, I was, uh, you know, too busy working, man. Too busy working. Dude, we were in high school in 2003. I know. I would go to school and work after school. <laughs> Oh yeah, I wouldn't watch the news, man. 
I remember I remember you drinking a lot after school, but I'm not sure about this work. <laughs> I, I used to I used to work at the, the good old Sonic Sonic. Oh, so did I. <laughs> well, <laughs> good times, good times. Well, <clears throat> I mean, what about you? Were you aware of it? I don't know if I asked you or not. I, I was aware of it. Um, but you know it, it it ranged so long, you know, the cases from the early two thousands to mid two thousands that you know, it kind of lost track traction. You know what I mean? Like there was not nothing going on besides them finding the four uh, first bodies. You know, right, right. So there was right. like you know, in a in a span of what, like two weeks or something like that. Yeah. Well, they were so one person went missing, and while they were searching for her body, uh, mm-hmm. Miss, I think her last name was Gilbert. They end up finding several, you know, yeah. several bodies. And one of the, th- the questions that's gone on throughout throughout uh, this entire ordeal was, was there a connection? I felt that there there was with a few of them. I know a few of them were found in like a burlap sap type of thing. And so, yeah. you know, obviously, in my opinion, those were, were obviously connected. Probably the same offender. Um, but one of the biggest questions were they all connected? And today there was an arrest, and one person charged with I believe what's is it three or four? I want to say it was three. No, I'm going to say it was four. Well, let's look at that first. Um, can you hear me all right? Sounds muffled. What about now? Is it still muffled? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I think I fixed it, so. And he's gone. <laughs> and he's gone. I can't read that because it's too small on my screen. So we're gonna have to wait for Danny to come back. This is murder in the first. Oh, he's moving. I can't see now. Yeah. Um. He said something I couldn't hear him earlier, but he said something about four. I couldn't. I just heard the the number four. What was it? What was the question? Can you hear me now? Did, did he get convicted for for four? Or oh, three he's murders. not been convicted yet. He's not been convicted. Let's. I mean, I can be convicted if he got uh, arrested. Um, I believe it was, I believe it's, I think it's four. I want to say it's four. Well, let's I, look into it. So here, here, here are the charges that he's been. Uh, this is defendant Rex Hewerman. He uh, is charged with uh, first degree murder uh, for a a one felony in the death of Melissa Bartholomew. Uh, first degree in the death of uh, Megan Waterman. First degree in the death of Amber Costello. So there's just three. Because then it starts off again with the uh, second degree of Melissa Bartholomew. Second degree in Megan Waterman. And second degree in Amber Costello. So there's only three victims. So- I- I'm muted? No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So there's, yeah, there's three of them that he ended up being charged with. And uh, here is a video of him being uh, walked out. Another dude, super tall compared to everybody else around him. Yeah. Real quick, this guy's an architect. This guy's got, he's an engineer or whatnot, architect. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he came out on some sort of video. We'll watch part of it later. Yeah. Uh, very successful. Does this kind of, I don't know, what does this tell you about those that say that Brian Coburger couldn't have been the person because he was a PhD student? 
Nah, man. The, the, you got Edmund Kemper, right? The co-ed killer. Also, his IQ was like 160, 170. Super, super, super smart, right? Um, also, he was um, he was like six seven, six eight. He was huge, huge dude. How did he get caught? Uh, actually, he called. Uh, he turned himself in. No, oh, wow. So he yeah. probably after, wouldn't have gotten called. Caught. Yeah, after after he murdered um his um uh, his mom and his neighbor, or the mom's yeah. friend, he 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 called the he he gave himself up. Jeez. <clears throat> yeah. Well, this guy, as I see in the chat as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a family man. He had kids, uh, architect, financially secure. Yeah. Apparently, for the span of a while there, he was committing horrible crimes. Man, what happened to JLR's voice? No, I'm just kidding. That's not JLR. <laughs> <laughs> you see how with all those other uh uh what do you call it uh videos where like Richard Allen's walking in you hear JLR in the back yeah in the background <laughs> yelling Richard Allen <laughs> what's it called somebody somebody earlier I was watching this video uh from the news and somebody uh, somebody put on the comment that he looks like a like a, a Tucker Carlson from Wish Oh, dude, I was going to say that, man. He looked like Tucker Carlson from, from like, not Wish, like maybe stung by a bee too many times. But <laughs> but he does kind of look like Tucker Carlson. Uh, but watch, look, you'll, you'll hear, you'll hear uh, JLR. Maybe he's been yelling too much. Yeah, man, he's, he's a big dude. Well, that was one of the the descriptions, right? That he was uh, the person. There, there was somebody that had seen uh, this person, right? They had somebody that had seen the killer, and they described him as being a, like a like an ogre, mm-hmm. very large and very tall. Yeah, um, I'd say he kind of meets, meets that description. What do you think, Big Blue? Yeah, I think he does too. I mean, he's got to be at least six foot. At least six foot. I think he's like six three or four, dude. He's a big dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But other besides his um his height, like he, it doesn't he wouldn't stand out. You know what I mean? Because like some of these monsters are just people, regular people. Like, well, when you watch him in, he did an interview right where yeah. he was talking to some French architect, I think, as well, and they were talking about some of the buildings that he had engineered and built mm-hmm. up or whatever. And um, in that video, you watch him and you watch his arms. He doesn't seem like he's physically capable of doing some of the things. Then again, also, a lot of these things that occurred 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he looks like he's got trouble with his arms and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, very much well, I think he is capable of committing you know, something like that. But, yeah, six foot four. Yeah, and plus all the, the victims, the you know, the victims that were real short. Petite, uh, you know, 100 pounds to say at least, you know what I mean? At that, yeah, 100%. Everybody was they, like, all of them, there was a specific type, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And yeah. so, um, definitely went for somebody that he could obviously try to overpower. Oh, yeah, easily, easily. Apparently, he was, uh, he's been crying, um, was in shock. Mm-hmm. And stated that he did not do this. He is uh, innocent of, of this crime. 
Uh, I've looked at, you know, the information, the, the, I guess the affidavit that's been put out there against him uh, yeah. with some of the information. And I will say, uh, uh, I doubt it, but <laughs> we'll, we'll break it down. Yeah, we'll, we'll, break it down. we'll talk about that right now a little bit. <clears throat> so the Long Island serial killer, also referred to as L-I-S-K or the G- Gilgo Beach killer, um, is, a, is a person that is suspected of killing anywhere between 10 to 18 people over the period of nearly 26 weeks. Um, this disposed... He, is suspected of disposing their bodies in areas along the south shore of Long Island, New York. Most of the victims were known to be sex workers um, who advertised on Craigslist. So, yeah. you know, um, and and based on the on the documentation, it's eh, I don't know, man. Let's look at we'll we'll, we'll do, before we go into it completely. Let's look at what it is that some of the evidence that they have. They have his wife's DNA was found on three of the victims' bodies. Hmm. So that kind of gives you an idea of like how transfer DNA or how DNA can transfer from one person to another. I believe that those pieces of DNA were were hair. So three pieces of hair were found on three of the bodies of that were his wife. Um, his I own that, hairs. What's that? I think that second part pretty much says that the hair it was hair in the the wife's hair. Right. Right, the wife's hair was found out there. So, I mean, if his wife came in contact, especially with those burlap sacks, like uh, if her hair shed and fell on top of that, I think that that would stick to that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that, um, that or she helped. She what? She helped them. I don't think so because in the in the in, in the in the affidavit it states that she was uh, out of town during the the times where. Um, the victims went missing okay. so yeah like there was a specific like they could determine that every single time that these girls went missing he went out of town whether she was out of town yeah. you know for work vacation or whatever the case may have been uh those were the times that he ended up going out there and committing these crimes mm-hmm. uh yeah one of his own hairs was found on one of the victim's bodies cell phone calls made from a burner phone to the victims were traced to his office dude this sick sob mm-hmm called the victim's family members yeah and taunted them yeah i saw that man that's crazy mm-hmm. like that that was sick that was sick. Yeah. It, it, completely completely right here he's a sick twisted bio monster 100 <clears throat> made um let's see a call made to one of the victim's sisters after she had died traced to his office Tinder profile with photos of him was linked to a burner phone. A similarly pickup truck was seen by witnesses to one of the victims' disappearance. Matches the description of the org or, or the ogre, uh, Mike Mann, seen with one of the victims before. Mm-hmm. Uh, he conducted graphic searches for CP and images of women being abused in, in, an, uh, in a sexual manner. He also searched for Google for updates on his case, searching why the law enforcement not traced the calls made by the Long Island serial killer. And we'll go through a lot of the stuff. We're not going to say a lot of the stuff that he was searching because, well, one is very sick. Yeah. And uh, regardless of anything, I don't want to talk about that. Um, But that's just kind of like a 
a brief overview of of that. Yeah, well, the, in the video, um, the one where they were like interviewing for the, I don't know, I'm not sure what it was for, but when he was talking about him being an architect and all that stuff, right? Like a lot of people were commenting that, you know, you could see that he's a narcissist. Yeah, I, I think you, I think you can pick that up. Let's, yeah, you know, let's watch that real quick, and I want you to pay attention to the sound of his voice because here in a second, I'm going to play the um the 911 call of Gilbert the female that went missing and she had called 911 and there's a um part of the 911 call where somebody is telling her to get in the car yeah. and you can hear it you can hear the guy's voice i want to know if it sounds like it's this guy now he's not been charged with her with her murder yet i'm yeah. sure that you know those things will be coming as as things pop out. Uh, yeah. Let's watch part of his interview. Yeah, I can't hear anything. Ah, I know why. Let me, I know why it's not playing or why you can't hear. I forgot to hit share audio. You're, you're, you're keeping secrets from us. I am keeping secrets. <laughs> um, Rex Ewerman, I'm an architect. I'm an architectural consultant. I'm a troubleshooter, born and raised on Long Island. Okay. Been right. working in Manhattan since 1980. That's correct. But much more. Okay, <laughs> what that's I the do, much more I'm interested. I do troubleshooting, architectural troubleshooting, and negotiations with the building department. Okay, what I mean by that is, do we do the standard stuff with the building department? Um, handle your filings. Um, I have other clients who are a lot of other architects, mm -hmm. and we'll handle their interactions with the building department. Yeah, especially out of city architects because they're a little afraid of the city and Stop when city. <laughs> when a job that should have been routine yeah. suddenly becomes not routine yeah i get the phone call gotcha whether it's an old building and they need somebody that understands and can maneuver the 1938 building code all right so <clears throat> this is the guy this is rex human this is the guy who has been accused, arrested, and charged in the murders of three women. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, the guy that has been suspected to have been the Long Island serial killer, or at least one of them. Uh, I believe, oh, wow. I can imagine how how crazy and shocked you are. I've I've seen a lot of clips from uh, individuals that were from the neighborhood, mm -hmm. uh, his, his very close neighbors, who were very shocked about this. Yeah, and it's not every day that you're living, you know, next to a, a serial killer. No, I know, I know. It, it's it's insane, man. It is and insane. It, you know, right now in the, they're saying that in the U.S. alone, there's at least between thirty to fifty serial killers active. So that should tell you that it's uh, it could be anywhere, you know. Right. These guys could be anywhere. They could be your neighbors. They could be part of your family. I mean, they have 
no, they have they lack all these um, emotions and compassion and all that. That they have a good way of you know covering their tracks that you'll never know. But you know, yeah. sooner sooner or later they'll they'll mess up. You know, unfortunately, ho- hopefully sooner than later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, he is a high-profile architect. That is true, and I I wouldn't be surprised. Um, this is so. On May first, 2010, Shannon Gilbert traveled to meet a client, Joseph Brewer, at his home, and during this um, uh, a visit, she ends up calling the police and is running back and forth. She ends up running to a couple of different houses uh, and then calls nine one one from a couple of different places. Uh, at a certain point, you can hear somebody talking. Uh, I believe it's suspected to have been Joseph Brewer because he was the person that was she was supposed to have gone and met. Uh, but if which I do, I want to ask you real quick before we start this: <clears throat> if if Joseph Brewer is this is the guy that's in the audio, uh, do you think that he uh, could be connected to uh, Rex uh, Rex? The uh, Long Island serial killer. What, do you think there's any connection? Maybe there was two people involved. All right, Jaime, are you familiar with uh, dual SKs, mm-hmm. where yeah, two people um, work together? Yeah. Um, oh, let me see. I'm trying to remember some some names here, but I can't really. Not at the top of my head right now, but yeah, there's been a quite. I mean, few of them. Not only that, but there's also been a, a, you know, a couple of. Uh, you know, wife and husband. Yeah. Uh, silver killers. Um, and I mean, it's rare. It's rare, but they are out there. Uh, and the thing is about, you know, them finding these bodies there at this certain uh, location. You know, here in Texas, we have uh, the Texas Killing Fields, right? Yeah. Over here by League City. And, you know, some of the, since it's the 1970s, They've been finding bodies there. They've already found over, I think, 18. You know? And they're saying that it's not just one serial killer. Supposedly, it might be two or three. They're right. using that specific part of the I-95, right, to to dump bodies. Right. So, like, maybe this is poly- maybe it could be this the same thing that's happening here, that there's two different, you know, suspects using the same place right and 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 that's that sounds like a a pretty big possibility i I think that when it comes to the uh shannon gilbert uh case i believe that some folks had suspected or some law enforcement officers had suspected early on that it was thank you so much purple for your 49.99 super sticker we appreciate it man that's awesome thank you um you know, they suspected early on in the Gilbert case after they discovered her body that she may have ran or been running away from Joseph and drowned out there because she got confused. Uh, mm-hmm. But later came to find out that her larynx was, in fact, um, damaged, which would be an indication of strangulation. Yeah. And so uh, she isn't one of the people that are uh, listed, one of the victims that are listed in this uh, affidavit uh, for indictment. However, uh i think that she's probably one of those that are on the list there uh to be investigated what do you think i'm oh yeah they're gonna you know do everything they can to to see where who or how 
you know, she became she came there. But well, I mean, I want to talk about the the phone call, but I guess I can just talk about it later when after we hear it. Oh, okay. All right. Let's hear it real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll go through it. State police, Trooper Fry. State police. Yeah, there's somebody asking me. I'm sorry? There's somebody asking me. Where are you? There's somebody asking me. Okay, where are you? There's somebody asking me. Where are you, ma'am? I don't know. You're driving right now? No, I'm inside the house. I'm sorry? I'm inside the house. What house? I don't know. Can you trace where I am? I'm sorry? Can you trace where I am? No, I can't. What's your callback number you're calling from? Huh? What phone number are you calling from? Somebody's asking me. Please. Are you in Suffolk County or Nassau County? Um, I'm in Long Island. Where on Long Island are you? No. 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 No, stop. No. Where in Long Island are you? In Suffolk County? Nassau County? Huh? All right, first and foremost, it sounds like somebody's saying he wants to talk to you. Uh, based on her speech, it sounds slowed and slurred. Yeah. I wonder if he or if somebody drugged this person. Or she's under, you know, if she it sounds like she's been drugged. What do you guys think? Um, yeah, yeah, uh, like you said, she's slurring her her speech is slurred. Um, you know, like she's repeating the same thing over and over. Right. Yeah. So like and she's and you could tell she's not, you know, all there because probably maybe even it could be even alcohol too, right? At this point. Right, right. You know, she was she was an escort escort and so i can assume that um when escorts are called over to a place that alcohol sometimes can be involved as part of um yeah you know the interaction with their clients mm -hmm. you know so she may have been consuming alcohol that night with her client and then the client turn into something far for nefarious obviously yeah uh, what do you what are your thoughts big blue what are your, your, your media, by the way, but what are your opinions on, on the way she sounds, on what she's saying? Yeah, she sounds like, well, she sounds like dazed and confused, man. Like, she can't, she's not understanding the questions the 911 operator is asking her, or she doesn't know where she's at, but did she make the call from her cell phone, or she made it from somebody's house? I don't know yet. Do, do you know where this call came from, Jaime? Uh, well, we'll wait for him to. <laughs> we always ask him at the right time. <laughs> Sorry. What's it called? What was it? Do you know um, if this call was on a cell phone or from the house? Um, I want to say I think it was cell phone because uh, I don't I don't know. If, I don't I'm not really sure how the it works with the uh, dispatch. But if you call from, I guess, landline, you can they'll know where you're calling from, but not so much from 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 a cell phone right yeah. yeah you know what you're absolutely right so uh it, it would take some time to figure out where the, the phone call is coming from like some significant time 
Uh, it can be done. It, then again, this is 2010. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll done, tell you, yeah. I'll tell you what, they're they're a lot better now because when yeah. I work at a different location last week, uh, last time I had to call EMS and I called, they're like, what's your address? I was like, shoot, I don't know the address. What's your phone number? I don't know the number of the location either. You know what I mean? I, I'm just filling in. And the guy's like, Did this text is like, yeah. So he, right away he found it. There you would have told by the phone number that you dial from now, but it's a bit the landline. You know I mean, it's a business that pops up. Right. Uh, let's continue this. Let's hear. Let's hear this. Why? Uh-huh. Why are you calling me by my name? Why? Can you on the line? Stop. Stop it, please. Please stop. Please, can you shut the door? No, time to go. Please. 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 Don't know where to be. Come on, let's go. Come on, roll no, please. Shannon then ran from Brewer's house at 8 the fairway to Gus Coletti's house at 17 the fairway, a distance of two-tenths of a mile. Shannon.
Shannon interacts with Coletti. He invites her inside his home. Shannon. She then runs from Coletti's home, prompting Coletti to call 911. After Coletti's call, Shannon then runs another two-tenths of a mile to another home at 43 the Bayou, prompting a third 911 call made at 5.30 a.m. by Barbara Brennan. Traffic police, 873, location of emergency. Yes, this, uh, I live at Oak Beach in the association. There's a young girl about 14 years old running around here screaming, and there's some guy trying to follow her. What's the address, Dale? I'm at 17 the fairway. All right. Do you have a description of the girl or the boy? Pardon me? Do you have a description of the girl or the boy? The girl is about 14 years old, got blonde hair, very small. The boy, I can't tell. He was into, like, a, a, a suburban. What color? Uh, black. Did you happen to get a plate number or anything? No, I didn't. Okay, telephone number you're calling from? Four. Are they still on the fairway? Uh, they just went past the gatehouse where the entrance is. And what's the name of the complex? It's Oak Beach Association. Okay. okay. Out at by Robert Moses. All right, we got somebody over there. I'll be watching. Oh, okay. Suffolk Police. 875, what is the location of your emergency? Uh, 40, 43, the bayou. Some woman is knocking at my door. What town are you in? Oak Beach Association. What's the nearest corner street, though? Uh, Ocean Parkway. She says she's in danger. Do you know her or no? No, I don't. I'm not letting her in. She's banging on your door now? Yes. Did she say what kind of danger? No. Oh, okay. And we live in a gated community. What's your name, ma'am? Uh, Barbara Brennan. Is there a name to that community? Uh, Oak Beach Association. Oak Beach Association. And I have an elderly mother here. All right, I'll get somebody right over there, okay? Okay, thank you. You're welcome. This is drone footage and footage shot from the ground showing the marshland. It was taken at the same time of year and time of day as when Shannon went missing. These reeds can grow over 12 feet tall. They can disorient someone inside them, causing them to lose a sense of direction. One cannot tell where the highway is or where the bay is. The reeds and brush can become impenetrable in places. There's a trench running east and west through the marshland. This was created to allow mosquito control. It is believed that Shannon followed this trench. Personal belongings of hers were found just north of the trench. Shannon's remains were found north of the trench about 158 feet south of Ocean Parkway, 
approximately three quarters of a mile from where she was last seen. There has been information received during the course of this investigation that other people might be involved in this incident. They have all been investigated and there is no reason to believe at this time that anyone else is involved in this tragic series of events. The police responded to Coletti and Brennan's 911 calls. Pack, Brewer, and Shannon were all gone. Gus Coletti provided a description of Pack's car, which was also gone. This created the possibility that Shannon had been driven out of the area, which caused a delay in the initial search for her. The police department has thoroughly investigated this case for more than a decade. The official cause of Shannon's death is undetermined. This official classification means there is insufficient or no evidence to determine or even to exclude an actual cause of death. The Gilbert family has hired a private pathologist to conduct an autopsy. His determination is there is insufficient information to determine the definite cause of death, but the autopsy findings are consistent with homicidal strangulation. That pathologist report will be made available. This case, including the 911 call and all of the other cases commonly referred to as Gilgo in their entirety are made available to the Behavioral Analysis Unit or BAU of the FBI. So that was pretty uh, intense, just needless to say. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. What, what, are you, what were you going to say before we heard that? Uh, oh, I was just going to say, like, you know, after we heard the, the phone calls and everything, um, you know, it's it's just sad that she just didn't stay at one of these houses and it, maybe she could have been saved. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, she also, she, I guess, maybe like you said, maybe she was drugged or, you know, intoxicated. And she couldn't, you know, describe what was going on to the people that, that she was knocking on the doors for. And maybe they, maybe by her telling them exactly what was going on, maybe they would have helped her a little bit more, you know, or yeah. made an effort at least. Yeah, I mean, crazy stuff like that happens, man. I'll tell you what, let me tell you this crazy story where I used to live in some apartments and in a nice neighborhood off of 604 and Bandera, right? Um, so one morning, well, mid afternoon, right? Um, me and my ex wife and my, my daughter were at the house, and somebody starts like knocking on my door, like hardcore, like, like you know, it's like the police, like, what the hell was knocking on the door, right? So, um, I open it, and then there was nobody there, right? And I was like, what the hell? And I look, nobody, okay, I close it, and then. Uh, I was I was getting something out of the closet, and then uh, again they knock hard on my door, and this time my my ex wife opens it, and it was a lady, and she's like, "Y'all need to hide me! Y'all need to hide me! He's gonna get me! He's gonna kill me!" It's like, uh, "What's going on?" And she she was like half naked, dude. She was only wearing like a t shirt, and uh, she said that she wasn't, I guess, being held against her will in the in the apartments next next to ours um so we had to call the police and like I, um they came and picked her up man but she was crazy i don't know what ha ever happened like if they were caught the guy but stuff like that happens in places and you never know what's going on yeah it's 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 a hard situation you know if something like that happens to someone because you never know by helping you might be a victim too at the end of the day 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes a lot of people, you know, look the other way and they rather not help and then, then, you know, become a victim. Yeah. yeah. 100%. <clears throat> now I'm reading through this affidavit and um, they were referencing four bodies that were found fairly close to each other that they suspect uh, Rex is involved in. And it states that um, although the defendant is in charge with the uh, any crimes to, to the disappearance and murder of Miss uh, Bernard Barnes, who is one of the uh, the bodies that was found. Her name is Maureen Bernard Barnes. Um, it says here that uh, Rex Humerman is the prime suspect in her death and, and in the investigation. So we do know that he's being uh, looked at in, uh, to a few different um, more that of those that were out there. Yeah. So <clears throat> recent investigation as of January, 2022, the Sulphic County district attorney's office assigned an experienced team of investigators, analysis and prosecutors to work jointly with law enforcement partners from the Sulphic County police department, uh, New York state police, Sulphic County sheriff's office and the federal bureau of investigation. So I think, and it's not going to say it in here, but I think that genetic tree stuff that's going on in the Brian Koberger case is probably what pointed the direction to this guy because they had hair and a bunch of things for a while, right? right? Uh, but yet they couldn't they couldn't trace it to him because he doesn't have a criminal record or his yeah. wife, right? Yeah. So FBI shows up here. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, they need a sample, right? To test it against, yeah, they, they they did get a sample to test uh, for the hair and whatnot, but that was after the fact. I think you know we see FBI here. I'm fairly positive uh, that the genetic tree stuff is going to the genealogical type of thing happen in this case as well. But before we go forward, there's two things I need to talk to you guys about. First is our partnership with Data Seal. If you guys are concerned with um, your private information getting out there, whether it's your name, address, phone number, uh, religious preference, voting preference. I know that's important to a lot of you guys. Uh, check out Data Seal. They're our partner, uh, partnership with us on this channel. Uh, you got a link in the description on the replay crew. It's in the comment section. You get a 5% discount. And second thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about today is <clears throat> we got a raffle that's going on. Uh, long story short, uh, one of my pups had a uh, something called IVDD, I believe it's what it's called. Uh, well, this will explain it better. Check it out. Don't go nowhere. This is my little buddy. This Nelson. is my little buddy. Nelson, Nelson became a part of the Nelson family, became a part of the family four, years about ago. four years ago. Unfortunately, just Unfortunately, over a year just ago, was diagnosed with intervertebral disease, which affected his rear legs, legs, unable to move them, unable to move them, paralyzed, and paralyzed, halfway through. We were left with two difficult options. One, him down, put him down. Two, go through a very costly surgery, which only had a 50 success rate, and also go through and also go through post-op rehab. We chose to give Nelson, chose to give Nelson a chance and go, chance through the and go through the surgery. Fortunately, fortunately, with the surgery and rehab, Nelson is able to move and walk again. But those surgery costs and rehab bills are extensive. And so in efforts to recuperate some of the finances, we've decided to do a raffle. We're going to be raffling off a 4x3 handmade quilt. 
this quilt was made by my mother-in-law as you can see that there are bones that are stitched together you know for the front and to the backing it's a high quality quilt one that uh, we feel that you and your pet if you have one uh, would thoroughly enjoy how do you enter uh, all entries will be done through cash app it is a five dollars per entry dollar symbol drunk turkey show uh, please put your name and shipping address in the description uh, you can donate if you choose not to be in entered into the contest a raffle will be on the 28th winner will be chosen at random Do not need to be present on the live uh, nelson says thank you and good luck You're muted. Yeah, you're still you're still muted. Yeah. Oh, I was like, am I the only one? Uh, maybe I was the one muted. It doesn't <laughs> show that I'm muted. Am I yeah, still? Muted? It was earlier. I couldn't hear yeah. anything you were saying. Uh, well, <clears throat> again, guys, that's a you know little raffle that we're doing. Uh, my our little Frenchie ended up with that IVDD uh, and ended up losing his ability to walk or move his rear legs. It was pretty terrifying. Um, we ended up uh, choosing the surgery to go through and it was a 50, 50 shot. Fortunately he's walking and um, you know, in efforts to try to uh, reclaim some of the financial stress that, that, you know, came about that we're, we're going to be raffling that quilt. It was made by my mother-in-law. So it's, it's really good quality. Uh, check it out. If, rewind uh, to enter. It's the, uh, cash app make sure you put your name and shipping information in the cash app description if you do want to be entered into the contest uh you don't have to be present on the live on the 28th when we raffle that off uh whoever wins it it'll be shipped out so yeah yeah good old nelson man ah, dude don't you have a story about nelson didn't he do didn't he leave you a special prize one time uh, <laughs> yeah man i remember that time that we went to uh what was it lake tahoe yeah and uh, I don't know what I went to go do. I just left my shoes right there in front of the couch. And I came back, and I was going to put them on. There's a big old turd on, <laughs> on my shoe. Good old Nelson. Oh, man. He, he loves, loves you. you. That's the way you know he loves you. Let <laughs> <laughs> me cold. Uh, <laughs> that's my boy. He's gone everywhere with us. We, we, Me and my wife like to travel around, and he's gone everywhere. Yeah. Um, it was like I said, it was a pretty terrifying day when everything went down and um, it was no guarantee. And now, I mean, he's, he, he's not going to be the same as he was before, but my gosh, he's made some turnaround. He can walk on his own. Now uh, he can go to the, the bathroom on his own. He still needs acupuncture and that, you know, therapy and some, some more of that um, aqua therapy where he's walking on that treadmill, uh, but he's doing so much better doing so much better and so uh, let's get back into it i'm sorry about the echo stuff it's because i have this thing shared and i forgot to unmute it well as soon as i saw that you guys were saying echo i, I was able to take that off all right so <clears throat> let's get back into this so the fbi are involved i have a feeling that this is going to have that gen gen genealogical truth going along with it uh 
It says here on March 14, 2022, approximately two months into the renewed joint investigation, this com comprehensive review led to the discovery of a first generation Chevrolet Avalanche that was registered to the defendant, uh, Rex A. Humerman, at the time of the incident. As described below, this was significant because a witness of the disappearance of Amber Costello identified a first generation Avalanche as the vehicle believed to have been driven by the suspect. So that alone just the fact that he drives an avalanche doesn't isn't enough yeah. isn't enough right mm -hmm. that tells me that there that there was something else that pointed in his direction and it has to be the genetic trait yeah you know i think that um the fbi learned their lesson by disclosing that that's what they used in the idaho case and they're not gonna they don't want they don't want to show their methods so they're not even gonna allow uh, the Suffolk County prosecutors to disclose that it was used in this case. Guarantee, guarantee you that's what's going on right here. But, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of people are looking at this as some sort of invasion of privacy. And to a certain extent, I, I understand. Uh, but, I mean, these are some serial offenders who otherwise probably would still be on the street committing the crimes that they were committing. Yeah. Uh, had not been caught this way. No, yes, yeah. especially because you know, like, let's say he's the guy, you know, because he's just accused of it right now, right? Right. Uh, allegedly, uh, if he's, you know, if he killed someone and left them there, and they didn't find them, he's gonna mm -hmm. feel comfortable to do it again and leave another body there. If they don't find right. that one. He's just gonna feel more comfortable, you know. What I mean, doing that. Um, you know, like just like Gary Bridgeway from the the Green River Killer. Yeah, uh, he got a uh, he got convicted of forty nine counts of murder, right? He but he actually he's it's it's said he's up to almost 90, 90 victims, but he was convicted of forty nine, and he would dump them. You know, he had a dumping ground which was near the Green River, and mm -hmm. he would he would dump the bodies there from sex workers and runaways or you know those you know people that a lot of like no a law enforcement won't pay too much attention to you know because especially because of their age and what right. their you know their work is uh and even even the law enforcement fbi had to get or tried to get help from ted bundy you know what i mean and they ted bundy told him to to stake out the place because he'll he'll, he'll call back and you know Go check out the his victims, you know, some kind of like sick ritual, you know what I mean? Like a ritual. Right. And at the end of the day, they ended up catching him, but you know, it, it took him so long that it's you know, the amount of victims is like, wow, they could have caught him a lot earlier. And some more a lot of those people wouldn't would still be alive, you know. Right, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And to answer your question, how to enter, just go to you have to download Cash App, and and if you have Cash App, what it says is to send. You would put the money sign, Drunk Turkey Show, and then in the um, send five dollars. If you want to do one more than one entry, uh, you just do it increments of five, um, and uh, just put in the description your name and shipping address, and send it out. We'll reply with a thumbs up uh, that we received it. And you'll be entered into the contest, and then we'll have a, a name at random uh, from a raffle machine. Pull out your name. All right. So, 
Just wanted to clear that up. All right. Now let's let's kind of well let's go back to this real quick. Uh, there was the discovery led to a comprehensive investigation of the defendant, which consisted over 300 subpoenas, search warrants, and other. Which I don't think we're going to be reading all those guys. <laughs> um, we we probably won't be reading 300 subpoenas or search warrants. Another legal process that obtained evidence is discovered more fully below. The items uncovered were cell phone billing records for the defendant corresponding to cell site locations for burner cell phones used to arrange meetings with three of the four victims and taunting calls made to relatives Miss uh, Bethany a Beth Bartholomew a call made to a detective made a call made by a detective to Miss uh, Bartholomew's cell phone while looking into her disappearance and calls checking voicemail on Miss uh, Bernard Barnes uh, cell phone after her disappearance in addition Herman lived in Massapeka Park, where the victims were believed to have disappeared from, and he worked in Midtown Manhattan, in the vicinity where the taunting calls were made from made to the sister of Miss Bartholomew. We have a 499 super chat says Art Reese, uh, or Art Reese comes on with a 499 super chat says, We need to balance the Fourth Amendment rights with taking SKs off the streets. That's true, that's true. It is a balancing act. Uh, I do think, though, however. <clears throat> I don't think anybody's forcing anyone to do those ancestry, um, you know, 23andMe type of things. So yeah. you, you got to realize that when you, you, when volunteer you sign up much. for that, you yeah, when you volunteer for it, that you could potentially be utilized as a confidential informant mm -hmm. to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it's even like with apps and stuff, you know, you can you download an app and they ask you that your, your information could be not sold but it could be you know used with other third parties so like you're pretty much agreeing with that yeah no for sure man you agree to it you say yes and you know they can also record you you give permissions to a lot of things uh now the rest of this 32 pages we're not going to go through all of it but it is very detailed um it talks about the disappearances and how um it corresponds with Rex, but let's get into what they actually used to pin, you know, figure out that it was him and, uh, and arrest him. So let me, um, go find that real quick. Cause these are all just billing records and how they were able to basically, they were able, they were able to locate burner phones and e and burner accounts, email accounts that were connected to the uh, suspect. And they were able to trace their phone numbers back to where um, some of the calls were made to, like, for instance, the uh, victim sister where the taunting was created. But I, I want to go down to where. All right, here it is. So, um, <clears throat> they did a couple of warrants on his Google searches. And they associated his burner accounts with that Google account and Google search. And he was searching some pretty horrific things. Uh, I don't know if you can read this off of the screen. I'm not going to say all of them. Um, but a lot of it referencing underage um, CP type of thing. Yeah. And torture. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. From what I'm reading, yeah, that's horrible. Um, yeah, that is 
What is bad? You know, yeah. and like, and there's those, those, you know, pretty much like, there's people out there that sell this kind of stuff. Yeah. And they make a lot of money doing this, you know? Yeah, 100%. These horrible, horrible acts. And unfortunately, there's almost like an epi uh, epidemic of these kind of there. people that like this kind of stuff. There, there is, man. There, wasn't there like 70, 70 kids just found here in Texas not too long it's ago? It's true. Yeah. A lot of them yeah. were some sort of trafficking. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's bad. It's, it has to, you know, I mean, it doesn't hit that mainstream media as much as, you know, you want to. But it's getting yeah. up there. It's getting up there. Well, it's like that movie that just came out, and there's a big old controversy about it. Yeah, it's just I watched it last night. Uh, how was it? I, I uh, watched what? It's a uh, it's a movie called the Sound Sound of Freedom. I think it's called. Yeah, Sound of Freedom. Yeah, I, I watched it last night. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I mean, I, you can't say I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Right. In this case, you know, I mean, it's just it's a sad situation. But uh, it talks about you know trafficking and stuff like that. So, really? you know, a lot of people a lot of people complained about it. You know, saying that. It, no, I saw some comments where like it's a, it's predictable. The movie was predictable. It was like, dude, it's based on a true story. Like, yeah, you can't, uh, you can't expect like uh, Bruce Willis to come out and just shoot everybody down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't expect that. That's that's not how it works. Yeah. Well, did but, you see the the actual controversy? Like, um, they there were people like gonna go watch it, and the theaters like, oh, the AC's down, so you can't watch it, right? And AC's working everywhere else, and they still say, "Well, we don't mind. We'll go sit in there." Supposedly, the whole theater was sold out, and only like three people showed up because they were like turning everybody away from seeing it. Oh well, uh, here where I'm at, I went Wednesday, and it was completely sold out. Um, I went yesterday, and it was packed to the brim. Yeah. So, hmm. but also like no, a lot of what. It's not controversy, but like it took them five years, five or six years for it to, to actually be released. Oh wow. Man, nobody man. wanted to nobody wanted to pick it up, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, it makes sense. So yeah, that's that's a bigger controversy than actually like what they're you know, these things that were happening at the movie theaters. The fact that it took so long for this movie to be released, that's that's the scary part. You know? Oh, the studio doesn't want to take the chance of uh Oh, yeah. You know, it's a ticking time bomb. You're either going to upset people or you're not. Yeah, true. So, for those that are asking, this these um, Google searches are, are limited to uh, other articles that he had uh, searched. One was, why could law enforcement not trace the calls made by the Long Island serial killer? Why hasn't the Long Island serial killer been caught? Long Island killer, Long Island serial killer phone call. Update, update 2022, FBI active, serial killers. I mean, a bunch of things trying to find more information. And apparently he was also listening into podcasts and YouTube channels that were covering this case. Yeah. yeah. I mean, back in the day, like serial killers would, you know, cut out their little uh, little part of the of the newspaper, right? Their the article on the newspaper yeah. about themselves. They will save it. So this is yeah. pretty much the same thing, but, you know, just... Advanced, yeah, more advanced, 
Yeah. Oh, man. And so on one of his phones that he had as a burner account, and they found the selfie folder. You can't say it's not his. <laughs> oh, look, in the selfie folder, you have these pictures. <laughs> I mean, how do you? How would you explain that being on a phone? <laughs> <laughs> That's untucker. Uh, Carlson. <laughs> it does look like Carlson Tucker, man. I guess it's his, it's his grandpa. It's his grandpa. Oh my gosh. And that's all just theory and speculation. Yeah. <laughs> Tucker, don't, don't, don't sue us, please. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, this is all speculation. So, so he was linked to that burner phone, right? That was calling all these places and whatnot. They yeah. actually have surveillance of him going and buying and adding minutes and doing all those things to the burner phone that was related to the case. Makes sense. I mean, I guess that could be some other six foot four or ogre looking dude, right? I wonder what people call me. So I'm like, I'm short and like an ogre or something. They call you Big Blue, my man. <laughs> All right, so let's see. Um, and so on the burner phones, he had, there was contact to sex workers, sex partners to conduct extensive searches related to sex and prostitution, violence, sadistic, and CP. Uh, he said he seeked online information about authorities investigating his crimes. These burner cell phones and email accounts with fictitious identities were used in effort to conceal his true identity and conceal his criminal activity, unlawful prostitution, sex workers, and attempt to monitor the investigation of his crimes. So here's where it talks about the DNA analysis, the hairs that were recovered uh, during the course of the investigation, each of the four victims. And they have, like I said, again, Miss Bernard, Bernard Barnes in here. He's not yet been charged, but... Uh, and it looks like those charges will be coming in fairly soon. And yes, he did have a uh, Tinder profile. Um, we just kind of skipped through that aspect because it was kind of the same thing over and over again because he had several different profiles. Uh, but yeah, he did have a Tinder profile that was associated with the burner phone account, mm -hmm. which was also associated with the uh, sex workers that he uh, that went missing and whose bodies were later to be found. Yeah, you know, and you know with. Today's society, you know, they're all hooked on social media. Um, these predators are making it. They, they, it's so easy for these predators to get a hold of someone. You know what I mean? Catfish someone. Mm -hmm. And it's it's scary because, you know, with kids, it could be, it could be one of my kids. You know what I mean? No, yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. And then, like, like you mentioned with the whole catfishing stuff, like mm -hmm. uh, kids are gullible. They're naive. And there's been many occasions where um, – you know, a, a child will think that they're talking to somebody and that the person on the other line is who they say they are. And, and they're really not. Yeah. So when it comes to Maureen um, Barnes, uh, she had been left restrained by three leather belts, one which was utilized to tie her feet, ankle and legs together. Uh, during the examination of the belts, a female human hair was recovered from the buckle. One of the belts of uh, one of the belts from the Suffolk County Crime Lab here and after female hair on Barnes. On or about December 18, 2010, the Suffolk County Laboratory, uh, this hair I was able to determine that corresponded to a Caucasian head hair fragment, although this hair was not suitable for nuclear DNA profiling at the time it was substantially submitted for further DNA analysis. See further below. 
Uh, when it comes to Miss Waterman, she had been bound by clear or white duct tape. During the course of the examination of her body, two female human hairs were recovered, one from outside the head area and one from the uh, tape of the head area. Both hairs were recovered in the vicinity of Miss Waterman's head. Examination by the laboratory indicated that the two female hairs on Waterman exhibited Caucasian European characteristics, but were unsuitable for further DNA testing at that time. Uh, they were subsequently submitted for further DNA testing analysis. And Amber Costello, uh, she appeared to have been bound by three pieces of clear white duct tape. During the course of the examination, Ms. Costello's body, a female human hair was recovered specifically on a piece of tape inside of the burlap wrapping in the vicinity of Ms. Costello's head. A subsequent examination led to the determination that the female was Caucasian European, uh, the hair was Caucasian European characteristics. However, also was unsuitable for DNA at that time. And so forensic laboratory is noted above the female hairs on Barnes, two female hairs on Waterman and a female hair on Costello were all sent to an outside forensic laboratory. Uh, the laboratory applied DNA techniques and direct genome sequencing in difficult to, to solve forensic casework and the identification of human remains. In and about July, 2022, the forensic laboratory was able to determine each of the uh, aforementioned female hairs recovered on the three victims belonged to a female individual in mitochondrial halop group K1C2 and that this female was not any of the victims. On July 21st, 2022, an undercover SCPD detective recovered 11 bottles from a trash receptacle that had been left out for collection in front of the residence of the defendant. Uh, Mr. Humerman and the Silver County Lab took swabs of said bottles, which were sent to the lab for profiling. Based on these new submissions on February 24th, uh, 2023, the forensic laboratory was able to conclude that the DNA profiles generated from the aforementioned bottles taken from the defendant's residence indicated a female individual belonging to the mitochondrial HAP group C1 or K1C2. Uh, this profile then compared against the previously tested female hair samples recovered from the remains of Ms. Waterman, which indicated that the two belonged to the same individual or someone closely related. So basically, in a long story short, those hairs went back to the wife. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's been almost a year since they collected those samples, so they've been on them for a while. Mm -hmm. Well, do you think that there's any coincidence there with, like, for instance, the ge the genealogical tree that was created by the FBI in the Brian Koberger case, and now maybe perhaps since they're utilizing it in those cases and in, in utilizing it to solve cases, maybe they're utilizing it here, and that's a new um a new d thing that the fbi has been doing since 2022 well i mean in the koberger case they're using touch dna to uh to was it um also they they got their trash right same thing right yeah discarded um discarded DNA, trash yeah so i'm getting i'm guessing it was probably like a drink or something so that's like saliva right yeah well Wait, say that again. Like in the Coburg case, it went from the t touch DNA on the on the button, right? Right. They they this they they, they, they uh, tested it against well, what was it? 
Well, the eventual thing that ended up testing against was a buccal swab that was tested out of the saliva of Brian Koberger. But yeah, yeah. saliva, right? Yeah, but the uh, yeah the initial thing we we assume is probably skin cells off of the sheath that they created a profile off of. And yeah. here's it's more like hair to hair, right? Comparison. Uh, I don't know. I mean, they took it off of a bottle, so I think that. I mean, well, yeah, hair to saliva. Hair to saliva, yeah. yeah. But this so, is it's more, it's more solid than it is the way that touch DNA for me at least. Uh, I hear what you're saying. So you're saying that the uh, it being a hair a hair sample versus a touch sample that it's it's significantly more, it's a stronger piece of evidence. Makes sense. Makes sense. So the. Um, So they were able to compare the hairs, and they ended up comparing his hair as well, uh, or one of his hair, and they were able to do so out of a, and here's a picture of it, um, out of a box of discarded pizza that he threw out. Was it loose? I don't know whose it is. But he didn't finish the crust, so and he looked like a bigger guy. Yeah. Must not be great pizza. Right? It didn't, it didn't lose wood fire pizza, I'll tell you that. Because I would have <laughs> ate all that. Including the crust. Yeah, man. That's 100%. the best part. So, they used this thrown out recovered pizza box to compare his DNA. And they were able to compare it to a hair that was on one of the, you know, one of the bodies. So, you know, just to kind of put it all together, you know, they have they have the the cellular information, the cell phone information, the burner accounts, his Google accounts. They have the the, the information off the burner phones, yeah. where he kept his selfies of himself for his Tinder profile on the phone. Uh, so he has a picture of himself there as well. And they were basically able to trace uh, those accounts to him, and then corroborate him purchasing the cellular devices with security footage. Yeah. They were able to take DNA from discarded items and match it to the hairs that were found on the bodies of certain individuals. It just so happened also that these uh, crimes were committed while the defendant's wife was out of town on each occasion. Uh, you know, I know his lawyer came forward and said that said it was mainly circumstantial. I don't think so. Yeah, good luck trying to explain that one. Yeah, explain all those things, my man. Explain them all. I mean, that's still not counting, you know, the his search history. You know, that's true for, for all the the CP plus about the the case itself. Yep, one hundred percent. Now, is there, I think. Go, go ahead, Blue. One thing that's not on there yet, but maybe it's going to be in there, is if he was contacting everybody off a of Craigslist, there's got to be like uh, IP address, IP address tracing back to him somehow. Yeah, I would think so. You're right. You're right. That and like, I mean, there's probably so so much, so many mistakes that he made, and yeah. and you know, it's it's weird and it's crazy that a lot of people will look at this guy. And, and pick apart all the mistakes that he's made throughout the years. But, I mean, this guy was free for how many years? And, and, you know, we're assuming, right? And it's just a big assumption that they use that genetic tree uh, the FBI did to pinpoint who this guy is, right? And that's just an assumption. Uh, because 
just the fact that he drives a first generation avalanche that's not a reason uh, there has to be more to that to to look into him that doesn't yeah, no and so it's kind of like Koberger. he had an he had an elantra that's what it's the same thing. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Except the difference is these guys aren't saying that they used it. So I'm fairly positive they did. Yeah. Uh, and plus, he's a big dude, man. Like, I'm sure he wouldn't have no problems carrying his victims out there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was yeah. a big, big dude. Well, he is a big dude. Yeah. But the guy says he's innocent. The guy says he's innocent. Don't, don't they all? Most of them. Most of them. <laughs> I mean, he is presumed innocent until guilty. Uh, he's yep. claiming he is innocent. Now, let's play some devil's advocate. Let's just try to play devil's advocate. I, I, I You can't explain any of the crap that's on his phone and all that other stuff. Uh, I'm not even going to try. But what about the hair? The hair on his, you know, that's found on the bodies. Could, could he say that he hired them as prostitutes and it just so happened that they've met their fate that night as well but that you know his sexual interaction with them had nothing to do with the case or with what ended up happening to them not in, not with three maybe with one with one victim maybe yeah That's maybe you know. <clears throat> have y'all seen um the lincoln lawyer yeah the movie or the series the series i've not i've seen the movie with matthew mcconaughey i highly uh -huh. recommend it yeah, I'm watching the series, and there's a crazy case in there where um, this one guy was convicted for a murder because he met up with the escort, you know, did the deed, and got some of his DNA in the towel. So when uh, mm -hmm. the next person ended up murdering her, they, they they said he was the last person that was seen with her, so they convicted him for years, and it wasn't him. So... Off of DNA he left on a towel. So, yeah, yeah, I, I haven't seen the movie, man. I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't seen it. Uh, you know what? Maybe I seen it, but I just don't remember it. But, but yeah, yeah. Uh, to Donna, yeah, the the movie's in selected theaters, so I'm not sure if it's everywhere. I know it's in selected theaters. Um, it came out. I think I believe it came out in July fourth. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to tell you where to. Uh, no, get it on the internet. Because oh. they, because uh, they, they shut down one of the apps that I used to use. I mean, one of those websites I used to use. So, oh, dude, I know what kind you of. Know what I'm talking about, right? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, plus, plus, if we say stuff on here, then they could be traced to us, and then we get we're the one that's gonna get the fine. So we don't know any of those sites. <laughs> yeah, I'll just blame it on Blue. <laughs> I don't yeah, know any of those sites. I will. I'll say this. I think this guy. This is probably the strongest case against somebody. You know, the cases that we've looked into deeply: Richard Allen, uh, Brian Koberger case, and possibly this one. You know, we'll probably follow it and look at the information and see what's out there. But uh, yeah, this is probably the strongest of the three. I, I, if I had to list them as far as weakest to strongest, I would say Brian Koberger. Uh, then stronger than Koberger would be Richard Allen's case, and then stronger than Allen would be this case. Jaime, where would you rank them? What was that? Where would you where would you rank these three 
as far as how strong you think the cases are. You have Richard Allen, Brian Koberger, and Rex Humor. Uh, number one, it's gonna from be weakest from weakest. From, oh, to from weak, weakest yes. is gonna be. I, I have to go with Cobra. Yeah. Uh, then, and then it's gonna be after that's gonna be uh, Richard, mm-hmm. and then Rex. Yeah. That's exactly the way I see it. What about you, Big Blue? I would say the same order, man. Because uh, Richard, you know, they they don't have as much cell phone data on him at the scenes, and they don't have. Uh, they I mean they have him now with his. You know, him confessing, but I think this is a stronger case with the evidence before Alan's confession. Well, I mean, Alan's confession is is a big piece of it, but I felt that he put himself there. He put himself wearing the clothes. He identified seeing the juveniles that were walking in who saw him. And, you know, I mean, he put himself on the bridge at the time of the incident. Plus, you have the unspent uh, casing the unspent casing and the footage that's come out of there and and that matching back to his gun you know found where the bodies were uh and you can hear the, the that weapon being cycled on one of the uh, videos apparently as well so you can kind of correlate those two things together it's yeah. pretty strong um and then you have the confession on top of it. In Coburger's case, it's probably the weakest. Let me know in the chat what you guys think and also in the replay crew. Put a one in if you agree with us. And if you don't, let us know uh, which case you think is uh, is different. Do you think that maybe perhaps the weakest case of all is this one? But you know what? The crazy thing about Rex that we don't know yet mm-hmm. is uh, his, his, if it is him and if he gets, uh, you know, um, charged what's his real number because these are the bodies that they found right and he had two houses I think uh, that I read he had another one in another state I wonder if they can trace anything to the other state I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure they will man but nowadays it's a lot harder to know for sk to get away with a lot i mean back then you got the early 70s you had you know serial cutters with victim counts up to like 50 60 70. you know what i mean i mean we had what's his name Luis Garavinto, right he had over 300 plus children victims you know what i mean like that was back in the early 70s late eight uh, or the mid mid 80s but now with you know so much security and you know how advanced it's gotten it's a little bit harder i don't know if he if these are all the victims if if these victims that they're there at the on the beach as a gig was a giggle <clears throat> beach um I, I i feel like that's gonna be it unless he has something else like you said in his other property but it's just, it's just hard for you know right now for someone to have a lot more victims at, at least to me and you know that's my opinion you know true yeah but i think he has more i think it's what they found and uh, like the other area the other states a big uh, wooded area so uh, i gotta get going guys i gotta go to work y'all have a good night y'all take sounds care sounds good Blizzard. sounds good you take care man
Have a good one. Take it easy. Thank you, my man. So before we let everybody go, I wanted to show this. This says here, this is from uh, phoenix11.com. Uh, depending on his day, most like most bosses in this industry, when he was having a good day, he was all right. Mm. But when he was not having the best, per- he wasn't the best person to be around if he's not having a good day. Yeah. So uh, needless to say, it sounds like he may have had some sort of, um, you know, um, I guess temper, so to speak. Mood swings. They, they, but, they, some of these people, I mean, well, some of these serial killers get that um, that itch, you know. And they get frustrated and they need to do something to, you know, release that anger, which means, you know, finding the victim. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. What do you think about this guy? Hold on. I'm mm. going to pull him back up. I'm going to play this. I'm not going to play this, the, the sound behind it. Just... So this guy right here doing the interview. How do you think that guy feels today? It's like everyone else, you know, like. You know how they always interview the neighbor? He's like, I, I, you know, I can't believe he was my neighbor. You know, and I never saw signs of it. And that's right. how it is, man. You know, serial killers, it's um, it's hard to spot them, you know, because they they can cover their tracks and they act like they're everything's normal. You know what I mean? They don't have that that guilty conscience either, or the compassion or anything like that kind of emotions. So there's all the Whatever you see, whenever you see a serial killer talking and stuff, it's just them acting. Yeah, you know what I mean, just acting. They look like they're not like what they think it's a normal, you know, of a normal person. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Because, uh, like, you, you're absolutely right. Most people don't realize that the person um, that's right next to. Them, I mean, isn't there like a statistic that's out there that you probably pass by? A, yeah, a, you know, a serial killer or a murderer in your life. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I know we're not. You know, but we. I mean, I haven't personally found out that I have, but I'm sure I had at one point. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't, I can't prove it, but I'm sure we have. I mean, the world's yeah. a big place, right? And there's. The world's a scary place and it's unpredictable and you never know. Now you you never do know, man. And like like I said, this guy here is somebody that you would um, you know, from the outside looking in, you know, high profile architect and uh got a good job, yeah. uh, engineer, um, probably very intelligent, uh, seems articulate, mm-hmm. and yet, you know. Somebody you'd probably least expect to commit a crime like this ends up uh, being the case. Yeah. Uh, Doc yeah. Terry says he lives half a mile from me. I know people on his block. Um, Have you ever interacted, you know, ever seen him, interacted with him uh, in the neighborhood, things of that nature? If you're interested in coming on one day, uh, just to give us a perspective. Um, that'd be great. That'd be yeah. great. Doc Terry says they said he was okay, sometimes cranky. But that could be anybody. I mean, sometimes I'm cranky. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's different kind of cranky, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. That's, mm-hmm. I'm also not Google searching any of the yeah. shit that he is yeah. either. Exactly. Someone earlier said, like, about LimeWire, like, should we bring LimeWire back? I said, nah, man. I remember, I remember downloading the Fast and Furious and it was fast and furious, but it wasn't the movie that I was trying to get. So. Uh, dude, the same thing happened to me trying to get a, uh, what was it? That Johnny Depp movie, Pirate Caribbean. Uh-huh. It was like Private's Caribbean or something like that. That I, 
I mean, they've accidentally downloaded. Good old Limeware with their catfishing. It's true. Two days of downloading this movie for nothing. (laughs) Maybe not for nothing. (laughs) Well, I think that's going to do it for us tonight on this case. Uh, We'll probably continue to talk about it. We'll probably go into, you know, as more stuff comes out and as more victims end up being, um, uh, he ends up getting charged for. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll probably be bringing up updates, and then as this, if this goes to trial, I think the evidence against him is pretty strong. Uh, I don't think it'll it'll go that direction. Um, same question to you that we had in the Coburger case. If you were the prosecution in Suffolk County, and you got this guy dead to rights, right? You know, you could take him for the death penalty. I don't know if Suffolk County is a DP state or not, but let's just assume that they are. Uh, and he tells you that he's willing to plea out for taking that off the table and willing to do a uh, BTK style confession in front of court with yeah. the why and the how and specific details. Would you take it? Uh, personally, I wouldn't. I, I, I feel like it's eye for an eye. Gotcha. True. Um, personally, I wouldn't. Like, if, it, if I had all the evidence against this guy. I wouldn't do it. I would. I would. I would stick to the you know death county. But mm-hmm. if the 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 evidence is like the his lawyer says circumstantial, then maybe getting a, a life sentence out of it. You know, I mean, I could, I would try to do that. But for me personally, yeah, I would eye for an eye, baby. I Let's agree with the, you, my man. I county. would agree with you, and. I agree. I'm I'm for the eye for the eye situation, especially like um, in any case where, you know, somebody's life is taken prematurely eye for an eye, regardless of how heinous or unheinous or whatever the case may have been. Uh, You know what I'm saying? If it was premeditated purposefully, and I'm not talking about like accidental stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's different. Premeditated purposefully um, with little rhyme or reason. Uh, go in there and commit a crime such as this 100%. And then you look at all the other stuff that he has on there, the the CP stuff that on his searches and things of that nature. Uh, you look at the um, like like Blue said, this is the people that we do know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it sounds like the victims were small, petite, appeared to be I mean, according to one of the callers on the uh, 911 call, you know, the person that was running around out there, uh, Ms. Gilbert, was uh you know, he thought she was a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. yeah. You get what I'm saying? So with that said, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they end up finding some young victims in this guy's past. Yeah. You know, they're going to have to look through all the missing persons, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to it's gonna take a long time to find out if he's had more victims. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, that kind of um, work that these Women do, and men, right? Um, it, that's the risk they take. And yeah, I mean, it's a such a situation, you know what I mean? No, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, these you know workers that go out there and you know it, it talks about some of them were you know couldn't find work or it's the only way to put food on the table. Yeah, and you know the unfortunate thing when you go into work like that is. Usually the people that are answering those ads aren't the best of intended people. You know, they don't have the best intentions. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of like when you talk to, 
you know, like like a child that runs away, right? And you get a girl or a boy or whoever runs away, and they start asking for people to help them out, either give them rides or, or um, you know, to stay at their place or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you have to ask the juvenile to think about it and say, you know, if you're looking for a ride and you're 15, 14, 16 years old, 13 years old, you know, what kind of person do you really think is answering that call? It's not really the kind of person that you want to answer that call because that kind of person would call the police. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like, it's like um, you know, when I remember there was this case where this kid went missing and they, they ended up finding him, right? And they asked him, like, how the, you know, the interaction with his abductor happened, right? And he said, oh, it's because he came and he, he asked me, he saw me across the street. He, he asked me if I could help him move a ladder. It's like the kid was like seven years old, buddy. Why would he ask a seven-year-old to to help him move a ladder? So you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, you know, That's it's weird. just stuff like, yeah, it's like if they're asking, an adult's asking for a kid to help him with something, uh, yeah, this, I believe there's foul play afoot. Yeah, yeah, some tomfoolery. Don't trust it. Don't yeah, trust it. Well, that's going to do it for us today. I want to thank everybody. We'll be back on Wednesday, Monday, Monday. Man, I yeah. freaking thought today was Monday. It's Friday. We're going to party. Um, <laughs> we'll be back on Monday night. We're going to be talking about the uh, newly released information on the John Bonet case. So if you're interested in that type of content, please like and subscribe. Hit that ring, that notification bell. That way you're notified of all of our content you know, coming out and moving forward. Um, this, is a comp- this is a really sad, tragic, sick case. You know, and this man is where he belongs based on the information that we have. He is innocent until proven guilty. Everything that we've said in here on this show has been completely theory and speculation and our opinion. That being said, I'll leave you with this. This is my little buddy, Nelson. Nelson became a part of the family about four years ago. Unfortunately, just over a year ago, Nelson was diagnosed with IVDD, intervertebral disc disease, which affected his rear legs and he was unable to move them, leaving him paralyzed halfway through we were left with two difficult options one put him down or two go through a very costly surgery which only had a 50 percent success rate and also go through costly uh, post-op rehab we chose to give nelson a chance and go through the surgery fortunately with the surgery and rehab nelson is able to move and walk again but those surgery costs and rehab bills are extensive And so in efforts to recuperate some of the finances, we've decided to do a raffle. We're going to be raffling off a four by three handmade quilt. This quilt was made by my mother-in-law. As you can see that there are bones that are stitched together, you know, for the front and to the backing. It's a high quality quilt, one that uh, we feel that you and your pet, if you have one, uh, would thoroughly enjoy. How do you enter? All entries will be done through Cash App. It is a $5 per entry. Dollar symbol, Drunk Turkey Show. Uh, please put your name and shipping address in the description. Uh, you can donate if you choose not to be in- entered into the contest. A raffle will be on the 28th. Winner will be chosen at random. Do not need to be present on the live. Uh, Nelson says thank you and good luck.